From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Summer is upon us in Southeast as we see the solstice and longest daylight of the year today. Brian Besnick is a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Juneau. Weather may be splendid next weekend, he says. Basically, we're already partially into summer. It seems like we've had a couple of nice dry uh, bursts and warm temperatures uh, with some occasional bands of precipitation rolling in. We are looking for probably another uh, bit of extended warm weather uh, for a few days coming in next weekend. Uh, we're still watching that one closely. Uh, the initial thoughts is, is that it could be a fairly warm uh, pattern again. Uh, but we're just looking into the middle of summer. We're hitting the point where the sun is at its farthest north. We'll still probably continue warming for about a month before the solar radiation balance tips. Uh, and we start uh, losing some of that energy, it typically peaks out about a month after the solstice. And today will be a long, bright day, according to Besnick. The sun is it's traveling back and forth past the equator. It's going to be hitting its farthest point north uh, at the solstice, uh, which is going to give us our longest day uh, of the year. Uh, and in Juneau, it's going to be 18 hours and 18 minutes long. Uh, so this is uh, you know sort of a highlight for for most people and a little confusing for the people that are new to the state um, or visiting and aren't, aren't used to this length of daylight. Uh, but uh, from now on, we're going to start slowly losing uh, time uh, for the remainder of this month and through July. The initial shift is going to be maybe just a few seconds uh, as we move on, but we're going to continue to lose daylight uh, until we hit the winter solstice, which is going to be December 21st. Meteorologist Brian Besnick. A wildfire burning near the Arctic Circle turnout popular with tourists on Alaska's Dalton Highway has prompted evacuation of a nearby campground. The wildfire is burning on the west side of the highway near mile marker 116. It has prompted the evacuation of the campground, which has 19 campsites about a mile away. It was not immediately clear how many people were at the campground, but officials say the site is popular with those celebrating the summer solstice, which is today. There are 12 smoke jumpers working on the fire, aided by aerial support. The fire has burned on less than one square mile. People are asked to avoid the area. Dr. Al Gross has announced that he will withdraw from both the special general election and regular election for Congress. Gross was trailing as of the last round of ballots tallied by the Division of Elections on Friday. The fifth-place candidate is currently Tara Sweeney with 8,671 votes. Sweeney leads sixth-place candidate Santa Claus by nearly 2,000 votes. The Division of Elections would not declare whether or not Sweeney's fifth-place standing would move her up into the top four as of Monday evening. Gross ran an unsuccessful campaign to unseat Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan in 2020. Meanwhile, former state Senator John Coghill has announced a decision to end his U.S. congressional campaign for both the interim special election and regular general election for the seat vacated by the passing of Representative Don Young. I knew that it was going to be a long shot going into the race. Uh, however, I thought I would do better than uh, 3,000 votes, um, especially when 30,000 votes went to the front leader. So I think what you got to do is recognize you couldn't make your case. Uh, 
And at that level, it's going to be harder even yet to make your case going into August. So the best thing to do is let those who are the front runners go ahead and have their say while they make their day. And so uh, the next person closest to me from from my perspective is Nick Begich. And I'm going to throw my full support behind him at this point. Coghill says this about his endorsement of Nick Begich for Alaska's congressional seat. I like the way Nick goes after the, the spending problem, uh, the moral problem, and the economic problem kind of simultaneously. Uh, and I think that the... The credibility he has is kind of coming from a business sense, and I prefer that rather than kind of the uh, the political sense that I see in Sarah Palin. I like Sarah Palin, so I'm not going to speak ill of her. It's just that I think I see the talents in Nick that I personally like. Coghill says his future with government isn't necessarily over. Probably locally is not my strong suit, mayoral and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, you never know what goes on in the legislature, and uh, you never know who's going to get the governorship. Uh, and I'll be watching, and uh, if I can serve, I will. If I can't, I'm at the age where I can uh, step aside and let somebody else do it. So uh, if I feel like the strength that I have will be good for America or good for Alaska or good for my community, I'm willing to put my shoulder to it. Former State Senator John Coghill. Ketchikan Borough Mayor Rodney Dial says that tourism is rebounding in Alaska's first city. Inflation is a key concern, however. The general feeling is that the independent traveler is strong in Ketchikan. We're still seeing a lot of independent travelers. The cruise ships, uh, they've not been at full capacity, and I know that some of that is due to uh, staffing issues, but also uh, there is a, a growing concern that inflation is starting to uh, erode the disposable income of our cruise ship passengers. And so we're, we're watching that. You know, obviously we hope that inflation will, will stop or at least moderate because if it doesn't, at some point that's really going to start impacting the tourism industry. And so uh, going forward, you know, the, the cruise lines that we've talked to hope to be at 80% by the end of the season as far as capacity. Ketchikan Borough Mayor Rodney Dial. Alaska State Troopers say a driver was fatally shot after he pointed a gun at a female passenger and didn't follow commands from law enforcement officers. The incident occurred after the man twice tried to flee from officers. In the second incident Monday morning, troopers and Fairbanks police blocked the car, preventing it from leaving. That's when troopers say the man pointed the gun at his passenger. When he didn't comply with officer demands, multiple officers from both troopers and Fairbanks force fired their weapons. The driver was killed and the passenger received non-life-threatening injuries. A trooper was also injured. The Alaska Bureau of Investigation will investigate. Wearing cultural regalia at Juno graduations are now protected by district policy. The Juno School Board made that move in a special meeting last week. Current practice in the district does not bar students from wearing such regalia during graduation, but the policy codifies the practice in policy, protecting the right of students to don regalia during the event, as explained by Chief of Staff Kristen Bartlett. The purpose of this policy is to recognize and respect the vast diversity within the Juno School District and protect the inherent right of individuals to use cultural regalia to honor uh, and to honor individual cultural traditions of all students, families, and staff. Draft language was considered over the course of several meetings this year 
and drafts were shared with stakeholders, including Indian Studies Program Parent Advisory Committee and Native Education Advisory Committee meeting. Policy Committee Chair Emil Mackey pointed out that the policy is broad in terms of regalia. Whether you're Native or you're Filipino or you're African American, um, if there is a reasonable cultural regalia that you culturally, you know, that's important to you and your culture, that, that this applies universally. And so I just want to point that out. So even though this is inspired and really focused on cultural regalia, it is more universal in its application. The policy was authored by board member Martin Stepiton. I am happy with, with where it is right now. I appreciate this policy. I think it's, it's a good thing for us. We don't have a problem with regalia in the Juno School District, but uh, this ensures that long after we're gone, no matter what, uh, regalia will be allowed to be used in the, in the Juno School District. The policy was adopted unanimously. The Juno Assembly is currently scoring the number of maintenance and building projects the city hopes to conduct if voters approve the temporary 1% sales tax on the October ballot. The temporary 1% sales tax increase has put the voters every five years. Juno City Manager Rory Watt spoke about that on Action Line. The Assembly right now is wrangling on what list of projects to pose to the voters. Um, everybody pays for it when we buy things, our, our visitors to town pay for some of that sales tax. Uh, it's a big revenue source. 1% of sales tax uh, for five years is projected to be worth about $60 million. Watt said that the projects being weighed are for city maintenance. On June 27th at the Committee of the Whole, uh, they'll work through that list and decide uh, what to present to the voters. It's, for the most part, a long list of maintenance needs. So it's more building maintenance. We've got lots of uh, buildings that, that need, you know, new roofs and, you know, blown windows and insulation and energy upgrades. Uh, it's upgrades and repairs to our parks. Um, you know, our parks are, are, are well used and well loved by the, the public. Uh, there would be funding for the harbor system. Harbors would like to continue to work on uh, Aurora Harbor. Um, there, a whole list of ideas, $100 million uh, worth of good ideas. And as I said to the assembly in an email the other day, the other day uh, let the best ideas win. What was asked what would happen if the increase is voted down? So it would have to come out of the general fund, I imagine, huh? It would have to come out of the general fund. So and that's a $60 million pipe. Uh, over five years. Over five years. Yeah. So it would be, you know, just it's the 1% of sales tax is maybe approaching $11 million now. And by the end of five years, it's maybe going to be a little over $12 million, but average uh, $12 million. So annually, we would have $12 million less to do those types of good things. Juno City Manager Rory Watt made his remarks while a guest on Action Line. Juno Police continues to seek officers to fill their ranks, but there is one position that opened up that Lieutenant Jeremy Weske spoke about on Action Line. We lost our uh, longtime mechanic, Scott, um, and so we are in need of a new mechanic. And uh, so, just like I mentioned for cops, if you uh, are a mechanic and you would like to come work for JPD or you know of someone who's looking to get into that, that kind of line of work or looking to take uh, their current line of work and move it to JPD, we would be uh, real appreciative. We um, obviously, we drive cars every day, all day, every day. And so we have a real need for a mechanic. Uh, if you, I'm not sure if the process is open, 
where you can go online and apply, but you can definitely call JPD and we can get you set up uh, in, in what you need to do. Juno Police Lieutenant Jeremy Weske. Despite no legislation passing addressing PFOS chemical contamination in the state, Juno Representative Sarah Hannon said on Action Line that there are new rules coming out on a federal level that could address the matter. The EPA has come out with new standards that are, um, a four, in most cases, a fourfold decrease in the safe water standards. And um, whether we have legislation and statutory uh, standards or not, we're going to see a lot of work in D- from DEC to adopt, you know, they need to adopt those new standards and regulation. And we're going to have a lot of places in Alaska where we had tested wells and said, oh, they're safe, but they're not safe under the new EPA standards. And in hopes that the matter is addressed legislatively in the next session. It's it's an issue that four and a half years ago I knew virtually nothing about. I knew the, I knew the phrase, but I didn't really understand it. And the more we learn, the more concerning it is that the long-term health impacts and ecological impacts for Alaska are significant, and we have got to get PFAS pollution and PFOA pollution cleaned up. We need to stop uh, allowing it to pollute, and we need to make sure that you know, we don't end up where we can't eat the fish from our rivers or eat the meat that we've hunted on land because it has pollution mm. that we've known we know about. So um, that is an issue that I really hope that we see some significant movement on over the next two years. Juno Representative Sarah Hannon. The president could soon decide if the cost of gas might drop at least 18 cents a gallon. ABC's Andy Field explains why. 18 cents. That's the current federal gas tax. The president considering taking a holiday from that extra cost on every gallon. Well, I hope I have a decision based on that I'm looking for by, uh, by the end of the week. But that federal gas tax helps pay for an already underfunded highway pot of money to fix roads and bridges. President Biden looking to do anything he can to lower gas prices. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. The Alaska Department of Labor has released job figures for May of 2022 and said that jobs are up this May over May of last year, but many sectors show a decrease compared to pre-pandemic figures. May employment was 2.9% above May of last year, an increase of 8,900 jobs, but still 15,300 below the same month in 2019. The southeast region recorded a 2.7% decrease in the non-seasonally adjusted unemployment rate over May of last year, which was at 6.6%. Juneau recorded unemployment at 3%, a decrease of 2.3%. Haines saw a 7% decrease over last year's 4.2%. Skagway recorded 6.6% unemployment rate, a decrease of 67 There was a 1.7% decrease in Sitka over last May, a 3.6% decrease for Ketchikan, 1.4% decrease in Petersburg, 4.3% decrease in the Hunangoon, 2.2% decrease in the Prince of Wales Hyder census area, 2.1% decrease in Wrangell, and a 2.5% decrease in Yakutat. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.